0: It's almost like the Belichick, Great Popovich thing. When they make a decision, you kind of just kind of let it happen. Because they got to know something that you just don't know. That's just how that works. I don't think the game's over. Welcome into Triple Zeroes, the Anti-Hot Take Sports Show. I'm your host, Josh Buckhalter. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Josh Buck. Hit the Facebook page, Clocker Sports, website, ClockerSports.com, and the email address is clockersports at gmail.com. Uh, a lot to get into. Um, we did not do a lot. We've missed a lot, right, since we've last gotten together. Um, we are at the NBA finals in just a, a day away now. Um, the NFL offseason is rolling along. So I think that with that being said, we should probably get right into it. Starting off with some of this NBA playoff and finals coverage. So the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat uh, are meeting up in the in the NBA Finals. First ever, not for, not the first ever finals for the for the Nuggets. Uh I want to say the second finals for the Nuggets. First because I don't think they made it since I think they were the last of the NBA teams to make it. Anyway, um that is a good spot for me to just say Mia Coppola, right? If you've been a follower of the show, then you've known that I've done this from time to time when I've been wrong on players before. Um, my most, I think, uh, noteworthy one was Luka Doncic. And it wasn't that I necessarily thought that Luke would be bad, but I didn't think he'd be as cold as he is. And so um, I definitely took time to uh, apologize for my my ignorance on the situation, right? Uh, and this one is Denver. Same thing. Um, for the longest time, and I think I said this at the beginning of this season or, or sometime on the pod uh, here, not too long before the playoffs started, I just didn't have the faith in them as a top seed. I often labeled them as a Utah jazz and Utah jazz. I never made it to the NBA finals. Now there's the, the, this, this habit that we have, uh, in, in today's sports debate society. And you know, as you know, triple zeros is the anti-hot tech sports show. Again, uh, my name is Joshua Buckhalt. Follow me on Twitter, Joshua e. Buck. Facebook page, Sports clockersports website, clockersports.com. Email address, sports at gmail.com. And of course, follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at 30 pod. It's number three, zeros and pod. I don't know if I did at the beginning, so it's been a while. I'm rusty. Um, we'll be right back at it, though. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't I, – I credited them as, as Utah, and seeing them in the finals, you know, you get this, this habit on social media especially of – Trying to diminish what someone's accomplished because of X, Y, and Z factors. I've never been a person. I've never been a person to do that. I've always been. You play who you play, right? You can't. You can't help what happens with your opponent. And not only that, I'll take it a step further. I'm also a person who's often said that uh, every finals run takes some kind of fluky occurrence to take place, right? It's just that's just the way it goes. I don't know uh, why. Why that seems to be such a uh, a knock for some people you know this person turned their ankle this person they didn't do these things yeah that's what happens that's how you get to championships that's i'm sorry that's just you need a little luck as good as you are everybody's good at that point and so you need a little bit of luck to kind of help you get you over the top so i'm i'm impressed by the way denver uh manhandled the lakers right the best defense in the playoffs, supposedly um i i am a person who had the lakers winning the finals especially after they made the trades listen it wasn't so much as about oh I think the trades put them over the top. I thought the trades gave them a competent team around the greatest player of this generation, LeBron James. So that's that's where my belief in the Lakers came from. Uh but to see them get 4-0, I didn't expect to get a four zipper. That 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 surprised me. So um hats off to the to to Denver. Meekal, my bad, man. I I didn't I didn't know. I what is it, what's the Shaq mean? I I was not familiar with your work, with your game. My bad. That's my apologies, bro. Joker, my bad, big bro. Now, I will say this. I have long said Joker is a bad man. So that's kind of separate. And then Jamal Murray, I've honored Jamal Murray. Here's the thing about Jamal Murray. I've always viewed him as as a more of a streaky guy than the guy who's been consistently on as he has been throughout this postseason. So I think if anything that I've taken away uh that, that I was completely off on. Would be that because I, the thing about Denver was just they hadn't done it. I'm I'm, I'm a big prove of guy, so uh, I'm yes I'm, I'm I'm backtracking a little bit here. That's all right. It's my damn show. <laughs> um, But no, I, I I did always just I'm, I'm a person that you have to see it before I will give you that next. Oh, you're a contender. I just hadn't seen that from Denver. They just got bumped out of the first round uh, in the playoffs last year, right? So I actually wrote about that for soaring down south about how the Hawks and kind of looked to that because Michael Porter Jr. said that Trey Young was jealous that he's in the finals with their high school best friends. I said, you know, Porter Junior beat Trey Young by a year to the conference finals as well. Back in I think nineteen twenty, Young and the Hawks made it in twenty twenty one. Maybe this could be, you know, if you if you believe in in magic, this can be the precursor to a uh, uh, surprise Hawks run to the NBA finals next year. Now that's going to take uh, some monumental things to happen, right? This offseason and some opinions to change if they come in like Denver has, but as a top seed in the conference. But I think the bigger thing, like I just said, is just that they they've proven it now. So I can't I can't say it. I'd be a fool to get up here and try to just oh, I still don't believe in him. That'd be silly. That'd be silly. I saw them do what they had to do um, against uh, Phoenix, right? They took care of business against Phoenix and them. Uh, and then they just 4 old the Lakers. Like, made, Lakers, made LeBron look old. Now, LeBron had a foot injury. LeBron is old, so they'll, you know, by basketball standards. So those are real things. Um, but they negated a lot of what the Lakers tried to throw at them. And when it mattered most, the Lakers were unable to stymie Joker in the way that they had for much of a lot of the games, right? It came down to the wire, yes, but that that's what That's the difference. It's going to come down. Like I said before, with, with the, the you need the slight things to uh, go your way. Everybody's good. It's going to be tight. What do you do to get you over the top? And Joker proved why, man, if he's not the best player in the league, he's at the very least the best player in these playoffs and the best center in the NBA, if he's not the best player in the NBA right now. Um, it's a complete guy, and for all the knocks, again, as I've levied against him, as, as many others have uh, on his defense, you can't move him. He's seven feet tall and damn near 300 pounds. What are you supposed to do? There's not many of those guys around, let alone guys who aren't going to get played off the floor because they can't cover or because they can't generate enough offense to make them viable options to leave on if they do have defense flyability. It's like that's he's just a unique um, kind of specimen, the, uh, the the new unicorn, because, no, he doesn't – you know, move like the 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 Chris Asprzinga's hype, right? Remember Chris Chris Asperzinga coming out, seven foot three, could dribble, do everything, pull up and hit you. Joker still pull up. He's he probably not crossing nobody over like that, right? But he can handle the ball a little bit. He's just a big dude. But he, his vision, his ability to to bust the zone up, which the Heat are gonna have problems with, that's been a big conversation thing. So a big uh, storyline rather going into the series to the finals. I just I'm I'm. Thoroughly impressed with what the what the Nuggets have done. Mike Malone's a little extra salty for somebody who 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 had to get over the hump himself. It's kind of odd to see how um, how focused he is on the negative side of what's been covered about him. There's a lot of positive things being said about them too. I'm not sure if he's getting that delivered to his inbox or not. But if somebody needs to show him. Um, I'm not saying he should take his foot off the pedal either because it's gotten them this far. Clearly, I, if I was if I was a bet man, I would say, I would wager that this is probably a, uh, not a ploy, but so much as a, uh, the the mental strategy that he's decided to deploy to employ whatever the word I'm trying to find here is. And that's just you know we're, hey we, we're the underdogs man they don't they don't believe in us they still don't believe in us we're the number one seed we know they don't believe in us that's fine whatever it takes to make you get it you know what I mean you just got to go get it and so hats off to Denver man my bad. <laughs> My bad. Over to the heat side. Now, um, yeah, I'm 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 salty because as a lifelong Chicago's Bull, Chicago Bulls fan, somebody who watched this team win six championships, who has watched this team go through the baby bulls era, who has watched this team gain so much hope with J- Derek Rose and then lose all that hope just a few years later, and then cobble together some kind of a, a, a really local, resonating type of unit with the three alphas. As much as people want to dog them, they kind of fit with the city, a scrappy hodgepodge bunch of guys that you just didn't want to see, right? I mean, I just saw Caruso tweet the other day. If that group was healthy, if Ray John Ronda doesn't get healthy, they, they're up on Boston And what was that, 2015? I'm, I'm, I know that year is off. But my point is just like, man, seeing a lot of iterations of this Bulls team to see Jimmy Butler go somewhere else and have the accomplishment that he's had. Now you can tell me about Minnesota. You can tell me about Philadelphia and how it it took for him to get to Miami before he got it right. All I'm going to tell you is there were three organizations before Miami that messed up. There's no other way to look at it I don't care about you saying Well Jimmy was a diva in Chicago Jimmy Jimmy was clashing with people You know why Jimmy was clashing Because he could see the BS <laughs> People people that aren't with the BS Can sniff out BS The moment BS enters the room And guess what is going on In the west side of Chicago Whole lot of BS Okay, And Jimmy wanted to be paid They didn't want to pay him They didn't think they could build around him since he's been traded, this is his second NBA Finals appearance. The Bulls have won exactly one playoff game. I'm just trying to say, okay. So I'm gonna bring this back to the Heat because I got to go to the Bulls in a second. But I'm gonna go back to the Heat for right now. Jimmy Butler was not a passenger by any stretch in these Conference Finals. So as a person who was definitely on the Caleb Martin for Conference for East uh, Conference Finals MVP train, I have no issues whatsoever with Jimmy Butler, the the the, the straw that stirs the drink right, getting the kudos for it. I will also say that I'm not sure how he's going to be feeling because they're going to need every bit of Jimmy from games one and two that they had, more so than games three, four, five, six, right, as he got on and kind of kind of waned a bit in his effectiveness. Now, I will also say this, though. You can put Aaron Gordon on him, but once Aaron Gordon gets in trouble, if Aaron, if Aaron Gordon gets in foul trouble, then what are you going to do? And I think that's where the problem is going to come in for Denver if Miami is able to create a problem at all. Now, that's a very you know narrow uh, window for, you, for opportunity because you have to get him in foul trouble. He's a very disciplined Gordon that is a very disciplined dis- uh, uh, defender, somebody that I have a mind for a while. So I'm not I don't know. This is not a secret to me. I know exactly how good Aaron Gordon is. But their secret is going to take Jimmy is what I'm saying for Miami. Um, Tyler Hero is expected to come back possibly sometime in game three. But at that point, you could be down 0-2, right? And in need of some spark. And I mean, I guess at that point, he'd be a, a nice spark to have. He says his hand feels good. Uh, he broke his hand first game of the... Uh, and that, to Just real quick pause, a uh, little aside. Talk about the anything can happen, right? We talked about uh, Tyler Hero just now. Went out first game in the postseason for Miami. Broke his hand. He's been out the entire time. First game, first play of the conference finals for game seven between Boston and Miami. And Jason Tatum hurts his ankle. I'm going to get to Boston in a second after I go, when I go around the league. That's what I'm going to do with my, my, with Boston and the Lakers. Um, I just, I'm, I'm, that's what happens. These are the type of things that happen. Miami could have very easily folded once Tyler Hero went down. They didn't. They forged through and they've gotten to this point. Um, Boston. Didn't necessarily need take Tatum's ankle injury to fold. We've seen them fold in lesser circumstances, uh, but it certainly gave them a good reason, right? It certainly gave them a nice out. They're not they're not leaning into it uh, to their credit, but it's there. It's there for the taking if they wanted it. So, um, Miami is just that group that keeps on fighting. They're, they were down, and, we're, and uh, I'll talk about that in a second. Because I'm going I'm to go from I'm going from this right to the Bulls and, and the Hawks and the Nets and the rest of the NBA. Um, yeah, I, I they're. Heat culture has been mocked, whatever. It's clearly real. It's clearly real when you look at the pieces on the floor, but it's also clearly real when you see the two people in charge have been the const- the constants even pre uh, or, or from the Wade Bosch uh, James era, right? Eric Spolsha came into the league, and I was the guy who died. I didn't know. I was I was unaware. Again, didn't know your game. Was not familiar with the game, Eric Spolscia. Went from video coordinator, right? Pat Riley's in charge. Pat Riley doesn't make bad decisions. That probably should have been the first sign. It's almost like the Belichick, Greg Popovich thing. When they make a decision, you kind of just kind of let it happen because they got to know something that you just don't know. That's just how that works. Um, should have known that. But I don't think that heat culture, bringing this tie and this all back around to Jimmy Butler, I don't think that heat culture is what's unlocked Jimmy Butler as much as Jimmy Butler has been allowed to thrive within Heat culture because that exists, and because Heat culture exists, Jimmy Butler isn't destroying anything because there's a culture that's stronger than one individual. So they're 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 very much working in in unison, in symbiotic nature. I guess I don't know. I'm I'm getting real too philo- really <laughs> philosophical about something that's really sim- simple. Jimmy's allowed to thrive because the place where he a- is at. It has a strong enough foundation that he's not tearing it down, and that was always the fear in those other two places that Jimmy's going to hurt the incumbent star's feelings. He's going to ruffle feathers. They're not going to get along. That's what happened when he got into it. He didn't like Hoiberg. He said in Hoiberg, they chose Hoiberg over him, right? We all know the story about him in Minnesota taking the second stringers, Jeff Teague. If you haven't heard Jeff Teague's recollection of Jimmy Butler tell, uh, going and beating all the second stringers with the Timberwolves, with the Minnesota cut out of his jersey, goes into that story. Um, I believe that's on Paul Jordan's podcast. I'll try to get that link into the in the uh, show notes if I can remember. I'm not going to guarantee anything. Um, that's a great story. And then in Philly, Joel Embiid to this day, maybe not to this day, but as of late, you know, he still he's lamented the 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 Sixers essentially choosing uh, Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler. Ben Simmons now, of course, with the Brooklyn Nets. We'll get to them later. So I don't necessarily believe it's it's it had to go, he had to be there to do this. I think that there was a lack of foresight uh, from the Bulls part and Minnesota and Philadelphia uh, to envision what it would take to build a team around a guy like that. And a uh, it, it, uh, lack of the foundation, right? Because a strong voice would have told you, I can handle that. Spolstra doesn't, him and Spolster all looked like they were about to come to blows. I was going to say almost, they probably weren't even close. But it looked as though they were about to come to blows. That's the kind of foundation that they have. On the floor, during a game, everybody saw it, didn't matter. That's the kind of foundation that they have. That's what you have first. And so that brings me into these these also Rans. And I'm going to talk about the Boston Lakers real quick before I get to the Bulls and everybody else. Uh, The Celtics, please don't break up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Get them an actual damn point guard. I'm so tired of hearing everybody trying to tell me who, and again, these are Boston Celtics fans, so these are people who watch them closer than I do, but maybe they're just too close because if you can't see that it's not Marcus Smart, that's not the answer. Derek White, clearly not the answer. Malcolm Brogdon would have helped y'all, but he's not a point guard. You need a point guard. You need somebody who's going to get into the lane who's going to break down the defense when those two guys can't do it, right, who can set up an offense when those two guys aren't able to go one-on-one. I feel really bad for Jalen Brown because he's about to get talked about all summer. He might get traded to the Hawks, which would be a good storyline for me. Nothing more about that in a little bit. These two didn't stay together. They're young. They're 24 or 25, right? What What young guys are leading teams to championships like this in a league where the, the veteran-laden Warriors just won last season? Look at how long Jokic and the Nuggets had to be together. They're younger still, but they're older than Tatum and, and, and Brown. What what are you really trying to see? And Jermaine Green had a great explanation about this. Uh, Al Horford being the leader on Boston, but when there's when your leader has only gone so far himself, there's only so much that he can tell you. Basically, I'm gonna probably put that in here uh, as well. So we'll see how I can uh, if I can remember to put that into the uh, into the uh, podcast there, the video version. How can you tell somebody what to do in a moment when you haven't been able to get a comp- or to get across that 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 threshold? That's just, that's natural human instinct. That's what they're going to think about. That's what, that's what happens. But don't break up the two dynamic, you know, in a league that is desperate for those kind of players. You have two of the best, of the best, at least the best of the next wave in terms of Jalen Brown. Because again, I'm a guy who was very high on him, but I I feel like somewhere his game has stagnated. Um, And it may have been the last couple of years, but it just feels like he did not develop the requisite Complimentary skills for what he has. To be as athletic as you are, you have to be able to dribble the ball some. Not saying that you have to be, you know, Magic Johnson out here and and, and, and Trey Young for the for the that's a length of late. Anyway, not that you have to do all that. But it would be nice if you could get to the rim and not lose your ball, lose your dribble just off by yourself, off your foot, off the air, off the floor, right? That would have eliminated a lot of the turnovers, a lot of the bad shots. And then uh, for him, he seems to be a momentum guy. Whenever the game is going well for him, he's not in his head. He's playing, he's playing freely. He's flowing, and things are going well. But when he starts doing bad, issues seem to pile up. And that happens with young players in general, so maybe it's just his, a matter of his age still. But you can't break him up because breaking him up now, you're going to be looking for that other guy. And one of the things that I hear more often in NBA than I think in the NFL, maybe even baseball, but definitely more than the NFL, is what are you going to get better? In the NFL, it always seems like the next thing is better. He just needs a great opportunity. This guy, it's a, because because it's such a, a big machine, one piece can come in and actually be a lesser piece but fit better because it allows the other pieces to do what they do. In basketball, it's like that too, but it's so magnified that you have to be careful. You have to be wary of tinkering with things. Chemistry is so important, right? It's really like an offensive line in football. If you take out the right guard, in the offensive line, your offensive line is gonna look pretty shitty for, for a little bit until they figure each other out. Same thing with the basketball st- with the starting five. You switch up that starting five, you're gonna get some garbage for a little while until they figure each other out. That's just how it works. And so, I can't see tinkering with those two. That's like cutting off your nose to spite your face. How about that? We'll put a ball in with that. You just, you get them a point guard, Figure it out from there. Missoula's first year on the on the on the uh, in the big chair. They got to the conference finals. They almost they almost battled back from history. Right down 0 three, they pushed to seven. That's the first time ever. You're right there on the threshold, on the doorstep. You need some more seasoning. You need some more poise. You need an actual table setter. Just when things are going bad, settle down, settle down. Pull the ball out. Come back. Everybody, calm down. Run a play. Get, a, get some easy offense. Feed the hot hand. Those type, simple things that just don't happen when you don't have an actual point guard on the floor. And for everybody that talks about the game's positionless, you still need a guy who thinks like a point guard. Period. You just have to. Draymond Green is the point guard for the goal. You can say Steph Curry doesn't. That's because he's not the point guard. It's Draymond Green. Steph Curry is, the, is a point guard. He's not the point guard. He's not the lead guard. He's not the floor general for the Warriors. That is Draymond Green. So, Boston, do yourself a favor. Hold on to Jalen Brown. Find yourself. Consolidate some of them guards. Even if you got to take that defensive player of the year from 2022 and Marcus Smart and trade him. Find you a real point guard this offseason. Period. Lakers. Y'all getting old, bruh. Uh Bron, AD, you get no, bruh, And the AD experiment has not worked out to the Lakers to the, to the way the Lakers had hoped. And even how it seemed when they won the championship in 2020. Uh, again, I'm not a person who diminishes what people did when they accomplished it. Everybody was in the bubble, not just the Lakers. So whoever would have won, they would have won a championship regardless of where it is. I don't care who. So that the, it's a bubble title. Yeah, but they were all there. It wasn't just the Lakers who got to compete in the bubble while everybody else did or vice versa. They were all there. So I don't know how you diminish it that way. That's that's always been a weird one to me. Regardless, AD, Anthony Davis has not ascended to be a number one option like he shown during his healthy days in New Orleans or, again, during that run where he was a dominant big man. And now maybe injuries have caught, caught up to him. Maybe it was a sense of futility with the roster that they went out there with against Denver. I don't know. I don't know. He was going up against two-time MVP. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, it just has not happened. And LeBron, at age 38, 39 years old, year 20, is not going to be able to carry you. Newsflash, that's a lot of miles. I think he's gotten like four, three, four seasons extra in playoff games. That's a lot of miles. He's not going to be able to carry you. Um, but for the sake of everything that is holy, <laughs> stop changing. Stop switching up everything. Stop trying to flip and, 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 and get in there and do your little alchemy with the roster. Let it be. Build up some chemistry with your teammates. Learn how to play with each other. Make guys more comfortable in their roles. Let them know what their roles are and what is defined, what is asked of them, what will be asked of them, right? You got a couple of free agents to worry about, Huachimura, and more importantly, Austin Reeves. Stop shaking up every damn thing, every time. Let this one, let it let it simmer. <laughs> let it marinate a little bit, okay? Just let this one marinate a little bit and see what you have, at least to the trade deadline next year. If, I, if you can keep as many of these pieces in-house as you can. That's, that's where I would go with that. So, let's take a trip around the league and start off with those Chicago Bulls. Hmm? Now, if you've noticed and you follow me on Twitter at book, every time the Heat advance or a big game, I will retweet something I tweeted out a little while ago about the Bulls not believing that they could build around Jimmy Butler. And I reach here because it's important to know and really to not let an organization off the hook. Franchises, and, and Bulls ownership has pretty much said this, uh, can often be satisfied with mediocrity because mediocrity can look very competitive and as we all know competitive sports brings in crowds and so the Bulls owner Jerry Reinsdorf has said as much as you know as long as you're being competitive we'll be good he's happy with that because he knows he'll have fans in the seats look look you can read it (laughs) you can read it I wrote about it for heavy.com I'm not sure how else to put it other than you have to hold the team because you're never going to get the owner to listen to you that's not going to happen it's either withholding dollars or being vocal in your distaste for what they're putting out, the product that they're putting out on the floor. The Bulls jumped headfirst into mediocrity. They, they mortgaged their future for an aging veteran a big man in the league that was transitioning from his skill set. They then mortgaged more of that future for an aging wing player whose game doesn't necessarily fit the modern NBA and whose team traded him Coincidentally, right before they went on to win a championship the following year. Now, granted, they did that when they got one of the greatest players in the game in Kawhi Leonard, the Toronto Raptors did. But the fact is there. The mat it, it, it happened that way. Um, and then you can look at it and say, well, you know, he could he because DeRozan has been adamant that he feels like they would have won. Well, they kept Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry has now gone to another NBA final. So maybe it was really Kyle Lowry that was the the, the juice there. But the Bulls put together Parts that had not, again, to Draymond Green's point, put together the parts that had not done it and now want them to help them do it. And I'm, I've often wondered this, if the timeline that we've all been focused on has just been wrong. And we talk about, you know, the Bulls mortgage their future. Well, what if they didn't view those guys as their future? We say that only the only two players on the roster from before Arturis Carnishevus, Karnis- I got to get that right, uh before he took over, Kobe White, and Zach Levine. Kobe White might be gone this offseason. Although the Bulls have it, it seems like the Bulls are uh they're all in, I believe the the rival GM said. Check that out heavy heavy on Bulls. Um so I'm not I, I just don't know what more You you mortgage your future then to then sit stand pat after that for two three straight transaction windows right because it was the deadline offseason yeah last offseason this past trade whatever two or three transaction windows even though we've heard that you've had conversations with teams about Kobe White and who's been a trade block even though we've heard that you've uh, uh you've been dealing with the Portland Trailblazers general manager Joe Cronin every transaction window but nothing has come to fruition of yet and the patience is admirable especially in the league of knee-jerk reactions, in a world of knee-jerk reactions. The patience that Karnas- Connishivis uh, displays is definitely something that should be uh, studied for, for future executives because you have to have conviction, the courage of your convictions to stick with your plan in the face of what the Bulls have shown. Inconsistency, being injury-prone, having a glass ceiling that I'm not sure if they have the mallet to break through. And then because of the dealings to get to this point, you're, it's not clear that they can do anything to get out of it. Um, the worst part has been Lonzo ball and, and Brandon Roy, former Trailblazer star Brandon Roy, came out and told Lonzo, kind of be prepared to adjust this game and um, it's okay to not to be 100% and, and even, you know, maybe prepare for, you know, just focus on quality of life outside of ball. But I feel like that's such a cop out for the organization because if, if I get it, it, like I just said, you went all in for this group. But if you didn't have any break glass in case of emergency options for any of these players who you were, again, Aging and or uh, injury prone, then that's short sighted right there. And I just that's it's not I can't say unforgivable. I'm not in a place in a place in a position to do that, to to make that decision. But I will say it seems kind of negligent (laughs) to not think, man, this guy who came into the league with a a meniscus injury who has been dinged up a few times. Right. Or came into the league and and then had a a surgery on his meniscus has been dinged up a few times in Lonzo Ball. Maybe we should be prepared. They're not even they're not they're not. You know, the, the final option would be the, the designated player exemption. They do not want to go that route because they would have to get an independent panel to rule that he can't play anymore. We all know the finality of that. Now, that would mean that he can come back, I think, in a couple of years and he could try with somebody else. But just for them, for their purposes, I think it's for uh, through depending on when they do it. If they do it now, I, I want to say it was something like through. He'd have to not be eligible to play by G, by next January, something like that. I, I got to go back and find my notes on it. Um, But it doesn't look good. The outlook's not good. And they've pinned themselves into this corner. And so you just wonder, well, what's your next step? Because you, you showed the aggressiveness that you could get to this point, but then you've just seen so timid since then that it's, it's hard to buy in any further. And then you have examples like Lowry winning most improved Wendell, uh, you know, showing not to be a star, but showing to be a very valuable role player, it seems. And then you have, Jimmy going to a second finals and and all of that. You wouldn't have gotten Jimmy and Lowry, obviously, but it just all seems it just all seems to point back to like to not having the the, the vision to see how things are going to play out. And no one's a psychic, but the best in the business are able to see three, four and five, not just moves, but years down the road and project out. And I think that's something where this front office, new as it may be, has lacked. That's it, That's that. Uh, switching and moving around to some of the other teams. Uh, The Atlanta Hawks, like I said, man, they are among the betting favorites on on a lot of betting sites to land Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics. Uh, Brown had that horrible Game 7, but he had played very well throughout the postseason, other than when he had to handle the ball. For the Hawks, people are saying that he proved that he would be overvalued, and the Hawks shouldn't give up a lot for him. We've got a couple of uh, trade examples up on uh, Soaring Down South right now. Jack Simone dropped one, and then Jackson Stone dropped one as well. Um... I'm not, I'm not on the in the camp of they shouldn't trade for him. I'm definitely in the camp of they should watch what they spend for him. Um, the Trey Young for J, for Jalen Brown, that's that's that should be dead on arrival. Uh, but just about anything else, I would want to build my team around Young, Murray, and Brown. So those are my three untouchables. Everybody after that is probably on the table. And if we tier it right, I got those three at the top. Young is off the table completely. Murray and and. Uh, I would have to be convinced about Dejounte Murray, and then you got uh, DeAndre Hunter because he could fit with this new group with his defense with his defensive abilities. I think if you slot them properly, I think that works out really well on the wings. Um, and then when it gets tricky is the front court because as much as I want to say as long as they don't have to give up Okongwu, Okongwu is still a, a smaller big man who has struggled with foul troubles and you know who doesn't really have an outside game, a consistent outside game just yet. He's getting there, but he doesn't have it just yet. Uh, you talk about Capella aging. Once a, a great rebounder, is now a really good rebounder who doesn't have move the same way that he used to, and that's a, a can be a big liability at times. And his offense has just never come around. John Collins looks the part, has the measurables, has the skill set, but does not ever seem to put it together. And his functional strength leaves a lot to be desired, especially if you want him to try to man the pivot more, let alone anything close to full time. So, their options there are tricky. But I don't think any of them should be off the table if you're talking about landing a guy like Brown who set himself up to make a Supermax contract worth like $229 million this offseason. Or next offseason. Well, no, this offseason is going to be an extension. Anyway, my point is that he's a really good player. And so I'm not, I'm not going to say they can't trade for him, but you got to be careful. That You got to be careful. I don't know where the young stuff came from. That seems a bit exorbitant to me. Um, Hunter, Collins, Capella, Bogey. Sorry, guys. Love you guys. They could all go if it means bringing in a Jalen Brown, an Atlanta native, you know, guy who wants to see. He's rocked a couple of Braves hats. That means absolutely nothing. But I would so lean into that and try to convince the front office to try to help us make a deal. I'm sure they're trying to pursue him. But I'm just saying if there's a deal that they should be trying to, you know, the next all in move for them needs to be that. Now, I've seen some people say they should break up Murray. I would listen, but I would really have to be convinced. I think that you have something there with Murray and Young in that backcourt, how dynamic that they are. You definitely need, though, to add some more two-way guys. Everybody around Trey Young has to be two-way, period. That's just the way it goes. But you need some tougher guys, um, and Brown is a physically tough guy, especially if once you get him there, he doesn't have to even be a secondary option. He can be a a tertiary option who can step up to second option when he's free-flowing, when his offense is there. Just makes it a little bit easier for him to operate, I think. Uh, Moving along, Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets are uh, kind of in limbo right now. They are very interested. Their interest in Damian Lillard is real for the Portland Trail Blazers star. Uh, he has said he wants to remain in Portland, however, and the team has said they are focused on trying to build around him. At the same time, Lillard has also said that he's not trying to stick around for a rebuild, and the Blazers are very much, it seems, inter- or, or uh, entertaining the idea of holding on to the number three overall pick and taking either or Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller. That's an interesting uh, situation because it seems like it'd be Brandon Miller, but if it is Scoot, they already have Anthony Simons. You got Lillard. Lillard can play off the ball, but again, you already have Anthony Simons. Um, We've heard that Anthony Simons and the number three pick are up for grabs, potentially, potentially even the number 23 overall pick from the New York Knicks. Um, I know a lot of Bulls fans are hoping that they could get that pick, but getting number three, I think uh, I, from hearing from Sean Hyken of the uh, Rose Garden Report, reading, I'm sorry, from Sean Hyken of the Rose Garden Report and other uh, tidbits here and there, it does not seem like that makes it any more likely. Now that the Blazers have gotten number three, it seems like it's less likely they would be willing to uh, give the Bulls anything, just try to improve the team and then convey the pick next year the traditional way. It's it's ugly. It's ugly out here. But the Nets are in a position to strike if they play hardball. And I think that's what they should do. Listen, we know that that Lillard is fond of Mikael Bridges. We know that Bridges knows Damian Lillard. They go out hanging out. Bridges uh, crashed Lillard's Instagram live over the weekend. You just have to be patient. And I think judging from Sean Marks's general manager, Sean Marks, comments in the, uh, in his exit interview, he sounds like he's ready to do just that. Uh, he said that he's, you know, it has to be the right star. It has to be X, Y, and Z factors. Basically, we're not going to just make a deal to make a deal because they've come out of a couple of really bad. Uh, he wasn't there for the first one. But for this, you know, this most recent uh, super team, he knows that it, it doesn't always work that way. So patience is a good thing. I think if they hold out long enough, they might find some. Cause I just don't know what, what as much as Lillard might like Brandon Miller, if he if that's the route that they go, Lillard is going to retire blazer. If it doesn't happen this offseason... He's gonna retire unless they get a trade, obviously. But if they keep that pick and they don't trade Damian Lillard, he's never leaving. Because as much as you can like a young player, I have never I'm trying to think of the last one that run one with one. I think we do some research for that too. I got two homework, two homework assignments now. Um, I just don't think that you're winning with the young guy, um, especially if it's not the number one overall pick or generational talent like that. And we could talk about Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson being really good players. I don't think I've heard anybody call them generational, and so that's where. You get into the the issue, I think, if you're Portland trying to stick to your guns on wanting to build around Lillard. So uh, we'll see how that all plays out, and there's plenty of other stuff going on around the NBA. We got uh, coaching carousel going on. Nick Nurse lands in Philadelphia. You got Monty Williams uh, being harassed by the Detroit Pistons. I thought I had read that he had turned that job down after a big offer, but now I'm seeing that they want to offer him a big offer again to do it. I don't know what's happening right there. That's a weird one. Um, you got... Email uh, Ducker and Houston, that's been happening though. And then Doc looks like he might be the guy in Phoenix, which is just a wild, wild situation. Because I don't know how you go from Monty Wills to Doc Rivers and think that you're really improving anything. Uh, but shout out to Doc, man. I'm always happy to see your brother get another job, and that's that's just an interesting choice, man. Shout out to Doc. I don't know what pictures he has of somebody, nude, but he got him. And he's got him under lock and key because he keeps getting these roles that just are amazing. Then again. It's also a bit of a risk. I believe that they said Nurse turned down the Suns' job to go to Phoenix because, if and this is just me speculating, but you got a, an aging flight risk in Kevin Durant, uh, Devin Booker, who has is not a flight risk at all, but just I don't know if if, if Devin Booker is bringing many coaches in as good as he is. Maybe any co- any job is good is worth having. Obviously, it's only thirty of them in NBA, but I'm not sure if he's if he's necessarily bringing in that kind of a, of a of a sway. So anyway. I could see it happening. It's just a weird coaching carousel. Meanwhile, the Bulls extended both Carter Silvers and Billy Donovan, general manager and head coach respectively, uh, quietly, mind you, in the past few months. So you can take that one uh, before we switch gears going over into the NFL. (laughs) The offseason rolls along, man. Teams are in OTAs. Um, First and foremost, this is going to hopefully pray. Fingers crossed. I'm going to need everybody to give me the Goku uh, uh Dragon Ball Z Spirit Bomb here. I am we trying to get Clocker Sports to cover uh Training Camp Bears. Uh, training Camp Live this season. Did it last year for Last Word. Uh Last Word and I have gone our separate ways. Much love for Last Word on sports. Uh the brand is great and growing and seems to be going strong. So we gotta do our own thing. You know, seasons change, people change, time to uh try to expand. What we're doing here at Clocker Sports. Uh and so, you know, as you know, this Triple Zeros is powered by Clocker Sports. Uh and so with with the power and and with you know the blessing of of the, power, the man above we'll be covering Bears training camp as clocker sports this year so fingers crossed on that but to the NFL and we're going to kick off with the Chicago Bears um there are a few people who were not in training camp, but I'm going to be writing about this for uh, to drop off this evening. A couple of interesting things from uh, Matt Igrifluz. This is not what I'm going to lead with, so you got to have to read it to find out what I'm going to lead with. But Iberflus did note that Jalen Johnson and uh, Nate Davis, and I believe Cody Whitehair were not there. Whitehair is probably less of a concern. Uh, Nate Davis is a new guy. He's familiar with the system. They tried to lean in on that, but he's a new guy. He'd want him to get there to get some cohesion with that offensive line, like I talked about in front of Justin Fields. Um, and then... Uh uh who else was not? Jalen Johnson. Listen, second year of the defense is the same thing with with Cody Whitehair, but you would kind of like to see him get out there. Johnson obviously is up for a new contract. I think Cody Whitehair is as well. So both of those guys could be just trying to preserve their bites till veteran training camp until mandatory mini camp. Uh, or this could be a contract pull. We'll see when those uh sets of, of events roll around. But I heard earlier about tra- Chase Calpool being uh inactive or not not you know, participating in drills. And there was a, the reason to given that, you know, he's got some soft tissue stuff. And I heard some minor freak out over it. This is the anti hot take sports show. So I have to just give you calm down. It is, it is not even June 1st. All right. If he's got a hammy right now, let him rest it. It'll be okay. We have got months, not weeks, months before we got two months before they even start training camp. Well, a month really, but you know what I'm saying? Calendar wise. And then you got, the season after that, a couple months after that. So we got time, relax, but I do want to see this group and, and expectations have been set high. Rightfully. So they've, they've put a lot of pieces around, but continuity as much as bulls fans hate to hear, bears fans probably love it. Now, after all the the, the turnover that's gone over the, with this roster feels in the same system, a couple of the same weapons back, but more importantly, where they're not back, there should be improvements. And so that's what I'm looking for. This season. I'm not going to put a number on it, uh, just improvements. I just need to see them be better. And I think that they will. So, I'm, I'm grateful for that, hopefully. Um, elsewhere in the NFL, you have, uh, I'm let's talk about some surprising teams and who I think is going to, the Lions, I don't think are going to surprise anybody anymore. Their offense is really good. The defense should be better. We'll see if they can can uh, tighten up and, and win some more uh, games easier instead of having to always win in shootout fashion. But if not, you know, it'll be fun to watch regardless. Um the NFC south is going to be trash. <laughs> the NFC east is going to be very competitive. Uh what else? The AFC DeAndre Hopkins is floating around. I'm just I'm just bouncing around ideas right now because it's the offseason. There's not there's there's storylines, but nothing that I think uh that I want to dedicate an entire segment to just because we've got a lot and a lot of space to cover. So I got to fill up some more. When I have less NBA talk, when it gets day in between days here during these finals, I'm going to need to fill that with more NFL content. So I'm balancing you out right now. I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you a little bit of balance. You just got to, you got to, you got to work with me. Um, What else? Aaron Rodgers dealing with a calf injury. Um, I'm trying to think who's going to surprise people. I don't know if there's going to be too many surprise teams because a lot of the talent is now residing in the AFC. So um, I do think, that Daniel Jones and the Giants are going to be a little bit better. I know that he got paid and people are like, oh my God, that's a lot of money. Even I said it. Uh, but he showed a lot. And I think with another year of in that system and with that coaching staff around him, he'll be, he'll be good. I don't know if he'll be great, but he'll be good. I don't think that they should have paid him, though. I know. I'm contradicting myself. But my point is, good for him. He did a lot of good stuff. But if I were them, I probably would have tried to do the franchise tag or any other method to not have to give him all of the money right then and there. Um, to... To, because it's one year It's one year and maybe that's just A testament to their faith And he can go out there And make me look silly And I'll be doing A media couple for him But as it is right now I probably wouldn't have Paid him um, DeAndre Hopkins Like I said Floating around the AFC Or floating around A free agency De- uh, Deshaun Watson said That he would take him Up Cleveland Duh I'm not sure that there's There's any other things that I'm, I'm too focused on for this episode. We'll come back later in the week after a game, one of the finals, to try to talk about some more stuff. Uh, thank you for joining me again here on uh, Zeroes, the Anti Hot Tech Sports Show. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Josh Sheebuck. Hit the Facebook page, Clockersports website, Clockersports.com. Email address is Clockersports at gmail.com. And of course, follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Three Zeros Pod. That's the number three, Zeros and Pod. And of course, like I said, man, read everything on Clockersports.com. And until the very next time. That's just how that works.